0: Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Bean Town Podcast for Sunday, October 13th, 2019. What's going on? How are you? It's your classic Sunday, the 13th. We are uh, back in Chicago. We have not spent much time here lately, been on the road, been traveling hardcore, and we got some good tales for you i love a good tale you know people talk about stories myths legends but i love telling a tale you know it kind of toes the line somewhere in the middle there and speaking of uh Lines and and tone the liner reminds me of a childhood. One of my favorite memories growing up, and it involves a dear friend of the podcast, Matthew Fiedler, and my co-host on the White Noise podcast. Uh, so there's a there's a, <laughs> this is a this is a good one. I'll keep it short. Um, short and sweet. Uh, there's a Toto song called Hold the Line. Hold the Line. Da, na, na, na. Love isn't always on time. Love isn't always on time. And I think I was probably, I don't know, 12, 13, in that range. And Matthew would have been, you know, a year or two older than me. Um, and I think I had mentioned. The song to him at school one day, and I don't. I think the way it happened was he wasn't aware of the song that I was referencing, or he just didn't know the song. I'm not sure what it was. Anyways, he I I felt that it was important for him to experience uh, what I had experienced with this Toto because you know who who this magic for everyone. So I I remember going home, and this was probably. We probably had high speed internet by this point. This was post dial up days. But uh I sent him a YouTube video of the song and it was one of those homemade videos, so it's not like the official Toto channel or anything. Uh this would have been in the you know, earlier stages of YouTube, so it wasn't as big of a thing for, you know, bands, artists to have like official pages. So a lot of the videos were just Homemade people had taken audio files and used a movie maker on their computers to add whatever. A lot of you know videos are lyric videos, and those are still common on YouTube. Uh, this one was maybe had lyrics, I don't recall. And uh, Matthew can, can chime in and clear up any inconsistencies in the story if he wants to because I i tend to uh, I don't have a great memory either long term or short term. Short term, sound like Trump. Uh you hear Trump at some of these rallies lately? <laughs> what was the one in Minnesota? Okay, so I he did that on like Thursday or Friday or something. I have to go back and watch the tape. I have a Twitter uh thread saved in my notes that just had like probably I don't know 45 minutes worth of the speech uh and I got to go back and watch it cuz I saw they were referencing it on uh SNL he was doing some impression of like an FBI guy or something it was really strange though uh I didn't really understand it so I I want to go back and watch the tape and try to see what was going on there because it's just really bizarre um but I send Matthew I email a link to him because in the old days before you know cell phones were a big thing uh emailing was the easiest way to share links on the internet, and um I remember just clicking on the you know video at the top, whatever, and didn't think anything of it. Copy and pasted the URL, sent it to him. That was that. <laughs> Here's the fun part. Apparently, uh I think at that time, maybe that was before people had individual emails, and this was just a, like a family email, so feedler at aol dot com or something like that. It's not what it was, but it's close. And it went to the whole family, and I think I recall, this is according to Matthew now, I wasn't there, but my secondhand knowledge of it is that the whole family watched this video of Toto, uh, the Toto song, uh, Hold the Line Together, but the video, which I, again, I hadn't pre-screened, was, and, okay, it it wasn't porn, it wasn't anything like that, it was just romantic pictures, but... This was, a, uh, this was an earlier time. Uh, I think everyone was a little bit more conservative back then, uh, younger younger people in general. It was just, and then they got overblown a little bit, and it's, um, you know, you look back at it now as adults and you'd think nothing of watching that video, but back then it was, you know, that was pretty racy up there in Sherland, Illinois. So uh, that's, uh, you got to watch out. Because I don't always pre-screen my Toto videos. So if if you ever get a, a Toto YouTube link for me, it's not malware, but it might uh it might turn you on a little bit. So just keep an eye out for that. Uh I'm lying on my couch here and we're gonna get to some of my travels in a second here, I promise. And I'll also say this uh Uh, Tentatively is going to be a super long podcast. There are just a million different things that I want to hit on. In fact, let me give you the table of contents, and I'll tell them to you in the order that I'm planning on talking to them. Because then you can just go through and you know kind of skip around, see what you like, see what you don't like. Because I bet you know we're already six minutes in. I'll try to be concise, but I could see this podcast going long um, because I've had a heck of a week. Uh, uh, let's see, so a table of contents here. So I started off in Ohio. We're going to be talking about uh, Ohio a little bit, mostly uh, the Jason Kipnis' shoe toss, which was interesting. We're doing a, a Cleveland video project. Uh, we're also going to sprinkle in a little bit of Appalachia there because I spent a couple hours in Parkersburg, West Virginia, and I had some cheeseburger soup, and you're going to want to hear about that. Uh, we're going to talk about Manhattan, where I was for the last 48 hours or so. That's just the traveling portion. and uh, Oh, wait, no. uh, Manhattan, we're also talking about the the gym at the Grand Hyatt because there was some funky stuff going on there and some fascinating people. Uh, We're going to give a quick Joker review. I'm going to pull up. I wrote uh, one that I published on Facebook. Got like two likes. Pretty much exploded. Uh, So I'm going to give you some quick hitting thoughts without spoiling it. So maybe if you're on the fence, uh, you know, you can... uh, Listen to what I have to say, and if uh, you know you take what I have to say seriously, then maybe it's helpful for you. We're gonna rank the Great Lakes. You know, I spent some time in Cleveland. I was in Detroit two weeks ago. Uh, I've been all over. By the time uh, this travel season is over, I'll have been to every single Great Lakes state except for Pennsylvania. I'm not hitting this. Oh wait, no, I did. I was in Pennsylvania for a conference. So let's see here. Quick side. Bar, we've got, and these are just states that border a Great Lake. Like, no one considers New York to be in the Great Lakes region. Uh, But we got New York was just there. Pennsylvania was there uh, about a month or two ago. You have Ohio was there this past week. Indiana was there the week before. Michigan, I was there two weeks ago. Illinois, Avi, and uh, you've got Wisconsin and Minnesota. And I've, I was in Wisconsin about a month ago and I will be in Minnesota this upcoming Saturday. So I'm hitting them all. I don't know how many States I'm hitting this travel season. I think it's around 20 or so. Um, I have to do the math and see, um, but yeah, it's exciting. It's travel season. Uh what else are we talking about on the podcast today? Uh so again we're we're gonna be debating very quickly which Great Lake is best. And I tried to get a guest on for that. Uh we we, we came up empty. Maybe we'll do a random phone call. I don't know. We'll we'll see. That's risky, you know, because usually you can get somebody who plays along and, and they're fine and you don't have to worry about signing a waiver or anything. But you know it's a Sunday. I don't wanna catch anybody off guard. I don't want to catch any sore football fans like myself. Boy, the fantasy football just, man, I'm just getting the crap beat out of me. Um, My team is doing great, but unfortunately I'm playing against teams that are just having ridiculous games. So... That's always fun. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, a little bit JFK experience, nothing that wild. Uh, in fact, I went to LaGuardia flying in and JFK flying out. We'll, we'll mention both of those. And then I'm going to give a quick, not a review because I haven't really had any time to process it, but I did watch El Camino uh, this morning, actually, and I have just some quick hitting thoughts. So that's what we're going to be talking about this podcast. Yeah, it's a lot. This isn't your mom's, you know, twenty-two minute year one podcast anymore. Uh, we we have a lot to get through here. So buckle up. Uh, I one quick note before we jump in. Uh, I'm looking at the, so I'm reclined on my couch, my Craigslist free couch, and I'm looking at a picture that I have framed that was given to me by my parents. It's me running my first ever marathon. And it's uh, there it was the Chicago Marathon. Always good to start with a home game. Big advantage. Uh, also a nice course. Nice, easy, flat. Get a lot of good crowd support, uh, mi- minus a couple of key areas. But uh, today was the Chicago Marathon. I had not as many friends uh, this year running it as I usually do. I think I only knew of like maybe three people, um, in my, my friend group that were running, uh, my, my, one of my good friends who's a excellent runner and has run more marathons than just about anybody I know, uh, was unable to run. She usually runs the Chicago one every year for charity, but she was hurt this year, unfortunately. So she was unable to run. Um, so without her, I was down, you know, I didn't have very many people. I was unable to spend any time at the marathon because, I left j f k at about oh the flight was supposed to leave at seven or so, and it didn't leave till like eight fifteen eight thirty I think, so by the time I got back to Chicago, even gaining the hour, uh I didn't land until nine thirty, and by that time the marathon is half over, and the thing is like you're at O'Hare, so I don't even know where I would have gone. I guess if I wanted to see the marathon, I would have just taken the blue line into the loop. And then just walked around, hung out at the finish line. But with my backpack and um, my, my travel bag, it was just not a good situation. And I had a crazy amount of stuff to do today. I've been home for, what are we looking at, about six hours here so far. And, I mean, the last two hours I've been super lazy. But right off the bat, I did laundry. I got groceries. I meal prepped. I hung up my laundry, air drying, baby. I, uh, this took a long time. I, I gave myself a haircut. I hadn't had one in probably two months or so. It was good to get one. Shaved a lot, uh, all over the place. Back of my neck, front of my neck, downtown, uptown, little pit shaven, clipping, uh, nip, nip clipping. So, yeah, I did, did a lot of stuff. And then, um, Cleaned a little bit, although I really need to do more. Anyways, um, this week is very busy. I'm doing a focus group on politics, $200 on Wednesday night from 7 to 9, and I got to work Thursday night. And I got a meal prep again tomorrow night, and I'm trying to get this uh, Cleveland video project done, which I'll tell you about in one second here, because we're going to get there real quick. Uh, I should let you know that listener discretion is advised when you're checking out the Beantown Podcast. Number one, we'll occasionally use some questionable language. Number two, the podcast is objectively terrible, although I'm hoping... I can make your day a little bit better with this week's installment of the Beantown Podcast. Because we're one of the better podcasts on the north side of Chicago, and uh, you know we don't take that for granted. We don't take your support for granted either. As a reminder, you can always email us, beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. You can tweet at us, Cast Again, that's Beantown Podcast, beantownpodcast at yahoo.com, or Cast at Cast. Uh, and you know how to spell that. Although it's not like the caste system in India because that's got an E at the end of it because those damn Brits are always adding E's to everything. That doesn't even make sense. Cast. there's no room for an E there. It doesn't make any sense. Damn Englishman. Uh, Okay, so started off in Cleveland. I drove from Chicago to Columbus on Monday morning. Which was just kind of a pain in the butt, right? It's about six hours. You lose an hour. There was a bad traffic accident uh, on I-70 in uh, east just east of Indianapolis. And then uh stopped for lunch for, you know, between lunch and I a, and a stopped for gas. And then probably another one for coffee. That's, you know, 45 minutes right there. So the whole ordeal was about close to eight hours on the clock. So, you know, if you start at, and I started about 9.30, you know, you don't get there till 5.30 and you feel like, all right, time for my day to start. But that was your day, so it's always a little depressing. Uh, worked in Columbus and Dayton. I'd never been to OSU before. Uh, it's just, it's huge. Uh, you, you know, Big Ten campuses tend to be pretty big in general, just very spread out because they tend to be the only things happening in their towns. Uh, we talked about this. Earlier, uh, not not true for something like OSU or Minnesota, um, but for a lot of the Big Ten schools, that's what's in the town is the school and not much else. OSU is not that way. Uh, Columbus is a big place; it's you know one of the largest cities in the country, almost a million people. Uh, but OSU is just giant. Uh, so many acres of land, Everything's spread way out. So people are taking cars; they're busing. Taking bikes, um, people can't walk around all that much because things are just super far away. Uh, not a Buckeyes fan myself, but it was good to uh, get that experience across another Big Ten campus off the list. I'm trying to think now, uh, and I know we spent time talking about the Big Ten last week or the week before. I don't remember, uh, so I'm not going to do a rundown of everything. But I'm just trying to remember, trying to think of the campuses I haven't been to. Uh, Penn State, I've never been up to State College, uh, even though I lived out there for a while. I have never been to East Lansing, Michigan State. I have never been to Nebraska's campus. I've been through Lincoln before, but I've never been to Nebraska's campus. Otherwise, I think that's it. Um, Rutgers, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Purdue, yeah. I'll I'll keep thinking, I know you guys are just on the edge of your seats right now, I'll keep thinking, Uh, I'm drinking some uh, very sweet red wine, and uh, I wasn't really paying attention when I bought it at the grocery store this morning, it was cheap, you know how I operate, and it literally, uh, I mean if if you just, we were having breakfast Saturday morning, maybe some fruit and toast or something and you brought out a jug of grape juice but it was actually this wine and you poured me a glass I legit don't think I would think twice um here I'll take a sip I'll I'll explore the flavor profiles with you it really just tastes like grape juice um that's like 0.1 alcohol it's it's pretty weak. Weak sauce. It it's you know, you could have this at communion, uh your Sunday morning church and you know, you give it to your kids. Give it to your kids. Uh you heard it here first. Uh I had to drive from Dayton, which was uh, an okay place. I didn't Really, it's kind of a cute little downtown area. Uh, Otherwise, you know, on these trips, it's hard to actually get a feel for a place. It's also hard just in general to get a feel for a place if you're doing things by yourself. Uh, You can really get a better, I think, understanding of places when you have someone there who knows the city intimately. Like if I just went to Chicago and I'd never been to Chicago before, I would probably, one, feel really overwhelmed. But two, just be like, I don't really get it. Uh why do people think it's amazing other than you know being by the lake? Uh but day you know, so kinda of same thing with Dayton, although I'm not comparing Dayton to Chicago. Uh the Wednesday I drove from Dayton to Parkersburg, West Virginia, uh, which is a town of about know, twenty, thirty thousand people maybe, uh, on the Ohio River. So far west western Virginia. And uh, I had a lunch there. Didn't really know what I was doing when I got there. Just wanted to explore. I'd never been to that part of West Virginia before. I'd been to Morgantown. I'd been to, you know, Harpers Ferry, uh, eastern parts in the Appalachian Mountains, uh, like the actual mountains. But I've I've never been to Charleston. I've never been to Parkersburg. So there wasn't much there. It's pretty much what you would expect uh, from, you know, a... Old industrial Ohio River era town, uh, but I I went to a deli there, and you won't believe what f- what their soup of the day was: cheeseburger soup. Oh man, basically ground beef and uh, like macaroni noodles. Which, you know, oftentimes you get, like, cheeseburger casserole or cheeseburger soup, and they're always going for the macaroni noodles in there. I don't know at what point in dining history we as a society sort of decided that if we were going to break down cheeseburgers into other types of food, we were going to convert the buns into macaroni noodles. I don't know when that happened, how it happened, or why it happened, but they're both carbs, so I guess that's good enough. And they're just, you know, the macaroni noodles are fun, Uh, And usually only people under the age of 12 will order cheeseburger soup. But, you know, when it's the soup of the day, you want to go in there and you want to eat what the locals eat. So it was and then it had some like uh, taco shredded cheese. I love (laughs) I was I was um, very randomly met this girl on an online dating uh, app. I do this on the road, not looking to date, just like looking to, usually it's just talking to people. I almost never meet up with people, but I'm just interested in uh, learning about, you know, their experience. And occasionally I meet up with somebody, we get a drink. Uh, I make it very clear that I'm just here for work. Uh, and we usually just talk for like an hour or two and, you know, you make a new friend and you move on, do the next day. Uh, but I I was with one person in Bloomington and we were actually, I was, she was grocery shopping. So I was just walking with her and we were talking. Um, but she was buying some shredded cheese and you get some <laughs> flavors that don't really seem like uh, they're too real. So there's taco flavor and there's quesadilla cheese, which... I, I don't know, man. And the only reason I bring it up is because she actually bought the quesadilla cheese. And it's just like, what kind of cheese is it actually? That's really what I wanted to know. I don't doubt that it's good. I don't doubt that it's delicious. I actually went back to her apartment and we made quesadillas and then talked for like another hour. And then I went back to my hotel room and went to bed. Um, it was good. Quesadilla cheese. Maybe it's nature's best kept secret. How did I get here? Oh, the cheeseburger soup. It was not good. Uh, the macaroni was just, like, way too prominent. It was kind of uh, the the the, the uh, thickness of the soup was just off. It was a little bit too thin, a little runny. Um, so it was pretty much just, like, chunks of ground beef and then a flavorless broth and then the macaroni noodles, which were a little undercooked, and then just cheese on top. So it was just, you know, if it if it would have had a little bit more like uh wisely or or if it had been seasoned smarter, I think we could have pulled it off. Uh it needed it needed something else like a uh some sort of veggie and I don't, you know, it's cheeseburger casserole. I don't know what you do. Tomato chunks at least would have been good. Uh you can't really do anything with greens in a cheeseburger soup, but it needed that. But you know, when in Rome. So you go to West Virginia, you go to Parkersburg, look out for the soup of the day. It just might be cheeseburger soup. After that, we drove up to Cleveland. Oh my god, the worst city on earth. God-forsaken part of the country. Uh it's a it's a long-standing running joke in the Furney family that Cleveland is not our kind of place and uh you know i sometimes i i will crap on it without really having a ton of firsthand knowledge well now i've ha- i've accumulated all the firsthand knowledge i need i was there for about a little under 48 hours and i feel like i got a good grasp on what cleveland has to offer and it's not that good um so cleveland to me feels like a pretty typical great lakes town uh downtown is pretty well built out uh, it feels a little bit like Baltimore walking around uh, in that you can kind of just go from a place that feels fine to a place where you're like, ooh, how did I get here that I don't feel very safe like that very quickly uh, in the blink of an eye, unlike Chicago where the neighborhoods are just huge and it takes you a long time to get anywhere, a uh, very walkable downtown area. Uh, the first thing I noticed, so I got there... And it was, like, 5 p.m. at night. I went and saw Joker, which I'll talk about in one second here, uh, just because it, it was an opportunity to do it. I didn't know when I was going to have another night where I was just like, yes, I have time. I want to do this. Uh, but I, I got out at, like, 9.15. The, the movie is on, like, the western edge of downtown. My hotel is on, like, the southeastern edge. So I got to walk through a lot of downtown to get back to my hotel. And there's just nothing this is a Wednesday night. Nothing going on. Um, there are plenty of bars and restaurants. And they're all just either completely closed at like 9.15 or they're, you know there's nobody in there. And you can't really see a bartender. You're not sure if it's on, but the TVs are on or you're not sure if it's open. But that was literally like... I'm not exaggerating when I say nine out of ten places I walk past in downtown Cleveland. I know it's a Wednesday night, and I know it's nine fifteen, and it's not you know five thirty after work. But still, it's just like, wow, that's really strange to experience. Uh, It was definitely a ghost town. Thursday night, uh, so I had to work Thursday. Thursday night was a little bit better, but I think we went to like the one place downtown outside of the casino where people actually go to is a Mexican restaurant. Uh, And I went with a friend who lives in uh, New York City. And we had some margaritas, which was a good time. And that place had a decent amount of people in it. But even walking there from my hotel, and again, I had to go pretty much through downtown to get to this place. It was close to the movie theater. Uh, Like, for example, I walked past the Buffalo Wild Wings. And this is a Thursday night. So there's a football game on Patriots and Giants there was also a I think that was the night the Rays and the Astros were playing game five correct me if I'm wrong though but I walked past Dubs at like 6 15 I think there were four people in there in this huge place there are four people just hanging out it's like man it just seems off um the city's done some things to try to you know boost itself a little bit and it has some interesting architecture, but it's such a strange, just dark, depressing place. You know, they got the Browns, which they're crap. Rock and Roll Museum or Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is interesting. Uh but it's pretty just, just kind of flashy on the water. It's there by itself. Uh, Well, it's next to the football stadium. They kind of have a complex going there. But uh, I stayed right next to Progressive Field uh, where the Indians play. Uh, And interestingly enough, so Thursday, I don't have to work till I think, I don't know, it's like 2 or 3 in the afternoon. So I spend the morning walking around. I go out to Lake Erie. And uh, coming up here, we're going to read some ads. And then we're going to debate uh, which Great Lake is best? Uh, all that after we touch on the rest of Cleveland and the Joker. But I'm walking past Progressive Field, uh, going north towards the lake in the morning at like I don't know 9 a.m. or something. I was going to go get some breakfast, and there are like five or six people in, um, like the 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 chairs, like the chairs that fold, not folding chairs, but the chairs that you would take to like. Uh, to a, like a lawn event to sit there. What are they called? Picnic chairs? No. Lawn chairs? I think that's close. Lawn chairs are still not exactly what I'm getting at, but they're like the foldable, collapsible ones that you can insert into a bag. Um, there were about five or six people just sitting there right outside of the gate, um in like right center fields at progressive stadium progressive field where i was walking past and I just looked at it and i was like that's weird like it's the off season what's the deal anyways so i go i you know i dawdle a little bit dawdle d-a-w-d-l-e i think i don't know uh and I, i'm walking back to my hotel it's like 1 one thirty something like that so i take the exact same route back and I get to progressive fuel, and now there's a horde of people. There probably were about 100, 200 people lined up outside of the gates, lots of little kids. I don't know, I didn't think about this when it happened. They weren't in school, which didn't make sense. Because I, when I say little kids, I'm, I'm not talking about like two year olds, I'm talking like a lot of kids aged probably five to 12. Uh, and I didn't even, I haven't even thought about this until now. Why weren't they in school? I don't know. Um, so I'm just, I you know, I didn't, I still had a little bit of time. So I was just like, okay, this is weird. Like, is there some sort of ticket lineup? Is, like, what's the event? So I do some Googling real quick. Jason Kipnis who's played for the Indians for the last probably five years or so. Um, and I think is done with them because they didn't pick up his contract offer or his uh, extra year, so he's going to be a free agent uh he does a shoe toss at, in the off season every year where he like gives away his shoes signs autographs it's just his thing i've never heard of such a thing but it's interesting it's neat uh and so i look at you know i'm reading the article and it's like jason kipnis will do his annual shoe toss at i think it was 1 p.m and i looked at my watch and it's like 12:55 and i'm like oh hey uh you know i don't really know anything about jason kipnis i mean the he played against the Cubs in the World Series in 2016. But otherwise, yeah, I don't know anything about him. So I'm just like, yeah, I got a little bit of time, so I hang out. And lo and behold, at 1 p.m., Jason Kibnis rolls out on uh, a golf cart with some, you know, this team people, some media people. And he's, you know, got all these big bags of equipment and shoes and stuff. And he just starts chucking shoes over the gates into the crowd Like, you're at a wedding, and you're, you know, flinging the bouquet, and, you know, the shoes are raining from the sky, and, uh, you know, they're going to little kids and stuff, and you get the one, like... 40-year-old overweight white guy, which is me in five years, who, you know, jumps up and knocks down a little kid for the shoe. And people are saying, oh, give it to the kid. And he, like, gives them the finger. Only, you know, a Cleveland-style classic and, and walks out. Uh, so I I stuck around. I watched it for about 10, 15 minutes. It was pretty entertaining. Uh, but pretty, uh, well, there's a lot going on. You know, those Clevelanders... Apparently, they can't afford their own shoes, so they got to get Jason Kipnis's size, like, 13 ones. Uh, that was interesting, though. I'd never been to a shoe toss, much less a Jason Kipnis shoe toss. So, hey, if you're ever in Cleveland in the off season, just look out for shoes raining from the sky. You know, most people uh, crap on Cleveland for the river being on fire, but you got to watch out for shoes raining from the sky as well because that will get you um i mentioned i saw joker uh i i did that's correct it was excellent let me pull up my notes here i'll just give you some quick hitting thoughts i'm not going to read you my entire review you can find that on facebook or you can just um uh email me or or text me or, or call me whatever and i'll tell you my full thoughts uh so you've heard this already but joaquin phoenix was really good um, one of his best performances is up there with you know her, and Walk the Line, and You Were Never Really Here, The Master. Um, I, do people consider his performance in Gladiator to be good? I think it's just like whatever. Uh, I don't think it was a bad performance. I don't think it was anything interesting though. Um, he's really good. It's a very it's his own take on the character they add a lot of interesting like lore and backstory and the mental health of the character is really fascinating uh it's a great nature versus nurture type of debate and Joaquin Phoenix does a really good job of sort of oscillating between those two oscillating o s c i l l a t i n g he was he was really good you never or at least i didn't sit there and i was like oh this is good but you know It's still Heath Ledger's thing. They're just... They're two separate performances. They're two very... They try to accomplish very different things, and they do accomplish very different things. Heath Ledger's Joker is very much in the moment. You know, that movie takes place over the course of, what, like a week or something? Um, And you just, boom, you're inserted right into everything that's going on, whereas this is much more like you get to see the development of this character over months and months and months. So... Joaquin Phoenix really good uh the film was also really ambitious which is something that I don't think a ton of people are talking about they kind of take it for granted uh but you look at a film like Suicide Squad which was up to uh, up until this movie the most recent iteration of Joker with Jared Leto and that film was just awful uh they tried to be unique and I guess in that sense they were but the movie itself was just just a mess the acting wasn't very good the writing was all over the place um it's tough when you're going to introduce like six or seven new characters and you want them all to be main characters uh but there are ways to approach it better than what they tried in Suicide Squad and Jared Leto's Joker was just it's not his fault Jared Leto's a great actor he's an Oscar winner uh for god's sake but it just it was bad, I really hated the uh <laughs> the spin they took on it this uh this this film was very ambitious, but it pulled it off uh There are a lot of things uh that they could have done wrong, and when I was physically watching the movie i I was kind of anticipating some issues that they might run into um and for the most part they they avoided traps uh the descent into madness. For the Joker character, for Joaquin Phoenix was also really well done. It was very believable. Uh, that's really tough to do, especially in a movie that's not you know three hours long. It's only two hours. Uh, my my comparison for this is always Revenge of the Sith. Uh, and I think they just didn't... That was the worst part of the prequels for me. I think they didn't do a good job of going from Anakin Skywalker to Darth Vader in a convincing fashion. Uh, and I don't think it would have been that hard to do. They just... It, they didn't do a good job. Um, I don't know if it was the writing or Hayden Christensen or just the whole big picture. I tend to think it was all of that stuff, but it was bad. Uh, and they had three movies to do it. Uh, Joker was able to do it in two hours with ease. Uh, a couple of minor criticisms here. The editing was weird in a couple of places. Just like some music and stuff that just didn't make any sense. Uh, they had some trouble with tone uh, within micro scenes or not micro scenes but within scenes so from a micro micro film perspective um, there's a choice they take with the actual story with the actual screenplay in the third act that they didn't like Um, and then how they chose to end the film and again I'm not going to spoil anything but I also it felt I don't know if lazy is the word I want to use but it was just like a very epic movie and the ending I don't feel like um if it felt like the ending the the movie for the most part was like an acting masterclass for Joaquin Phoenix but the ending didn't really satisfy that and said the ending went for like the blockbuster feel which I don't know just didn't seem to be true to the rest of the movie for me. Uh overall really good. It's a thriller drama. It's not a, you know, a, a comic book hero movie. It's not even really an action movie. Uh, it's pretty light on the action sequences. Uh, it Basically, at the end of the day, if you like Taxi Driver, if you like comedy, this is a really good film for you, and if you like Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, so that I really like Joker. I'm glad I saw it in theaters. Uh, and I'm just glad I saw it in general because it's what everyone's talking about. Uh, let's read some ads here, and then we're going to talk in the second half about a couple different things. We're going to talk about which Great Lake is best, we are going to talk about uh, Manhattan and my experience there and the Grand Hyatt and Jim. Uh, we're going to be talking about JFK LaGuardia just a little bit, just a couple uh, pieces there, and then uh, finish up with El Camino just again. A couple of my brief thoughts, brief reactions. Uh, lots of movies today, but that's okay because uh, they're both really good ones. So let's read the ads here and... I'll continue to, you know what I what I, I meant to say this earlier, what the wine I'm drinking reminds me of. You know that uh, mold wine, or they call it like glue wine or something that you can get at Chris Kindle Markets and Chris Kindle Markets? That's basically what this tastes like, except it's not, you know, I don't have it heated up, so it's just room temperature, which is fine. Um, but you guys see the score of this Falcons-Cardinals game? Jeez, the Falcons are just like boy, they're up there with like the Dolphins for being the worst team in football. And I don't know I don't know how that happened. Um they weren't it wasn't supposed to be like this. And the NFC South was supposed to be a very winnable division considering the four quarterbacks right now are Kyle Allen, Teddy Bridgewater, Jameis Winston, and Matt Ryan. And guess which team only has one win? Uh Matt Ryan. That doesn't really make any sense. My fantasy players are really crap in the bed. My tight end is one catch for negative three yards in the third quarter. That's what you want to see out of your tight end. Yeah. Oh, and my, my defense. So I'm playing uh the Cowboys defense against the Jets because the Jets just what what did Philly have? Like eleven sacks or something last week and I think two touchdowns. Uh well. The Cowboys defense is losing 6-21 to at halftime, which is just, it doesn't really make much sense if you ask me. I don't, how can you be giving up 21 points to the Jets? They hadn't scored 21 points all season. Frustrating. Quinn's, Quinn's getting upset. Matt Ryan's 13 of 15, only has two incompletions, and they are losing by 17 points. Some things in life just don't make sense I tell you what okay I'm actually gonna read the ads here um, if I can pull them up you know my door like buzzer scares the crap out of me because it's just so loud no matter what happens um, it like wakes me up or just jolts me awake and that just happened I don't know if you'll be able to hear it on the recording. But it was real rough. Um, Just about peed my pants for a brief moment. Okay, we're actually doing this now. Home Pride Oregon, are you tired of selling your house for less than a quarter of what it's worth, all because you couldn't find a reliable home inspector in time? Well, Oregon listeners, I got good news for you. Home Pride Oregon Inspection Services in Bend, Oregon, is Central Oregon's hottest new home inspection provider. With inspection services including things like heating and cooling, roofing, plumbing, and so much more. Home Pride Oregon is both contractor certified and home inspection certified. So you know you're getting the good stuff. If you're tired of big real estate angle hold on the home inspection market. And you want a safe certified home inspector that you can trust. You gotta call Steve at 541-400-0316. Or you could just visit homeprideoregon.com. Again it's 541 316 Or just visit Visit homeprideorgan.com. Home Pride Organ and Perfection. Shout out to the Samson Q2U series. Crisp, clean audio quality, day and night, 24 7, 365 days a year. Remember, when God speaks, he uses a Samson. Uh, the Connors is back, apparently. Uh, we've talked about that. Tuesday nights, ABC, 8, 7 Central. Although I, I only knew that because I got lucky. I saw a commercial on it for TV. I wouldn't know because I stopped getting TV guides. That's the worst thing about those things too, right? You know, there's, I don't know, maybe I could dig in my email and try and see if there's some sort of like confirmation of the subscription or something. But I think it came through the mail, uh, the original offer. I don't, I don't know. I'll have to I'll look that up right now. I'll try to do something that I'm typically incapable of doing, that is searching or typing on my phone while talking through something else. Let's see if I just type in subscript. That's a funny word, subscription, when you break it down. Subscription. Uh, It's going to take a long time turns out that's a common word in my email inbox uh let's jump to our last ad here and actually appropriate for today because you know what i did when i got home uh from new york this morning i cut my hair and that was courtesy of cuts by q which is Your one and only barbershop operation on the north side. So let's see what we have to say today. Bob and Weave, we all know the hairstyle. We all love it. But how many Chicago-based independent barbers can actually give it to you the way you deserve? Enter Cuts by Q. It's like Enter Sandman, just slightly different. Uh, Cuts by Q has been independently owned and operated since 1995. And is probably one of the better barbershop operations servicing Chicago. Cook County, and the greater Chicagoland area. From beehives to bangs, faux hawks to flat tops, and everything in between, just call Cuts by Q at 815-298-7200. Again, that's Cuts, Q-U-T-Z, by Q at com. Oh, when you need a fresh do, something snappy and new, just call the experts at Cuts by Q. And I'm still looking. Um, I'm in the right like time of year for when I would have gotten the original TV guy subscription, which I think presumably would have been sometime in April, but we're striking out. Uh, what was I going to talk about? Oh, which great Lake is best. You know what we'll do? We'll just open this up to the listener base and maybe we'll talk about it next week. Um, I already kind of know how I'm leaning, but I would love to get the input of you guys. So again, just shoot us a text or tweet at us Beantown Cast, or I'm personally at White Buns, or you can of course uh, send us an email at BeantownPodcastYahoo.com. Uh, and I looked, I didn't find anything for a subscription. I'll do a deeper dive later, uh, maybe on my computer. Sometimes my phone withholds emails from me um, that I can find on my computer, which is just. Like don't do that, you know. I need those emails. I need them. Speaking of Revenge of the Sith, okay. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about Great Lakes next week. How's that? Uh, I I flew from Cleveland to Manhattan. Um, and that that'll actually be appropriate next week because we'll be recording from, oh I don't know, Minnesota maybe or Tallahassee something like that. One of those Great Lakes regions. Um I flew to Manhattan from Cleveland Friday morning. My flight was at 6 a.m. You're probably wondering, Quinn, you're a knucklehead. Why would you fly at 6 a.m.? I'll tell you real quick. One, I had an event in Cleveland until about six PM the night before. Zero flights from Cleveland to New York after like excuse me, five or six PM on a weekday, which to me seems silly, but that's the way it is. Da 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 that's just the way it is da-da-da, da-da, The song's got a great baseline um so i couldn't fly out that night which ended up working out okay cuz i got to hang out with a friend at previously mentioned mexican restaurant uh, but then you're wondering, well, Quinn, why did you fly so early in the morning, right? I was up, my alarm went off at three fifteen. Um, thankfully, I was staying downtown Cleveland, which is only about twenty minute drive from the airport with no traffic, which there tends to not be at three fifteen a.m. on a Thursday. Um, but the issue was I I had a work event that I ended up not being at at the time I'm going to tell you, but that's only because I only found out. Uh, that I was splitting it with a coworker at a later time uh, after I had made travel arrangements and stuff. Anyways, so the work event started at, like, 11 or something, and it was either fly out of Cleveland at the one I bought, which was 6 a.m., or it was a flight that was going to get me into, you know, Queens at probably, I'm trying to think, if it started at 11, it probably would have gotten me at, like, 9 or 9.30 or something, and I was just like, Man, I don't want to. One, you know, cutting it close and potentially missing something because a flight gets delayed. That's one thing. But two, just even if everything's on time, I'm gonna get there and just have to start working right away, and that's just not what I wanted to do. So I got into LaGuardia at about seven thirty a.m. It was my first time ever at LaGuardia. I didn't, you know, linger or loiter uh, or anything in that realm so I didn't you know really experience all the stereotypical LaGuardia things that people like to make fun of it for uh had no issues got into Manhattan had a lot of time to kill so I went in and visited uh, my brother's girlfriend Nicole who I don't think has ever made an appearance on the podcast maybe one of these days though hashtag friend of the podcast we'd love to have you on Nicole come on anytime call on uh call in It'd be great to bring you on. A fellow uh, education person. Oops, I spilled some of my wine. It's embarrassing. Ooh, it's all over the place. Wow. The glass is more full than I thought. Um, so then, you know, she goes to work, and I didn't actually have anything to do until I could have checked in my hotel at about 4, and I'm, I'm down in the financial district at, you know, 11 a.m., so I'm like, well, I guess we'll start walking, which if, you know, Christopher, you had a, uh, you know, all-time Hollywood, like, fantasy football league, you might say that. I guess I'll start Christopher walking, except I just said I guess I'll start walking. Um, What do you think? He'd be your quarterback, probably. He seems like a quarterback type. Uh, So I just, I walked... Uh, ended up going down to Battery Park because I'd never been there. And then I walked all the way up to Central Park, um, which took about the whole thing a little over two hours. Uh, you can do it faster. But one, I was, uh, I was making some pit stops. Uh, two, I was carrying my backpack and my travel bank, right? I was carrying everything, which all in all was probably an extra, you know, I don't know. 40, 50 pounds, something like that. So I was I was sweaty. It was a nice day in New York, but it was, you know, one of those days that's nice enough to wear when you're wearing, you know, long sleeves and carrying a lot. You're going to get sweaty pretty quickly, which I did. I uh, went to Battery Park, walked past the Supreme Court of New York. I went to Washington Square Park, and I went to 30 Rock, Rockefeller Center, no one was skating on the ice, unfortunately, but I got a good pick. And uh, St. Patrick's across the street, beautiful architecture, Empire State Building. I took a, this is maybe a little NSFW, but I pooped in the basement of the uh, Empire State Building. You can get down there, and they got some good bathrooms. You just got to know how to... You just got to know where to go. Thankfully, I got those Manhattan Insider tips and tricks just from having been there three times in my life. So I sort of know my way around New York's private bathrooms, and I did, in fact, take a poop uh, in the the basement of the Empire State Building, and it was great. I had a good time, good bathroom quality. It was great. Uh, Went up to – oh, I stopped in Grand Central Terminal, yeah, also beautiful place, great architecture uh took some good picks and then uh got up to central park turned around uh and uh staying at the Grand Hyatt, which is next door and slightly above grand central terminal uh nice hotel, standard amenities uh they do however have a gym uh on their top floor, which is the thirty third maybe 32nd floor or something like that so i didn't uh i didn't do any additional workout on friday besides my whatever i did you know six mile walk carrying a lot i thought that was that was enough for me because then i had to work a little bit and then i went up to meet with uh hashtag brother of the podcast jack furnace uh and we we had a drink for a little bit i think what did we do on Friday? Oh, we had some dinner. That was nice. Went to an Irish pub. Irish. And then uh, so, so I go go up to the, the gym Saturday morning. It was pretty busy, which I expected because, you know, I was there for a conference. There were lots of people there or there for uh, for a, a, uh, an event. So it wasn't a conference. I was there for an event. But I, I came across two very interesting people uh, at the gym here. And I'll just... I'll just straight up tell it to you, because I'm getting getting a little sleepy here. Um, I woke up at, oh, I don't know. My alarm went off at 4 this morning, which is 4 Eastern, which is 3 Central. So I'm on hour 14. I'm on hour 15 of the day. Feeling pretty good still, but a little sleepy. The wine's not helping there. So this one girl, this Asian girl, looks like she's anywhere from 20 to mid-20s. I don't know. She's uh, walks to the treadmill, hops on, but does this thing where she's standing on the her feet. Her legs are spread, so her her feet aren't actually on the belt. Um, she's just like you know. I think you guys know what I'm the position I'm describing. Uh, and her arms, she's resting on the um the side bars, the handles, whatever you want to call them. So. She turns up the treadmill real fast up to the, you know, where it's probably somewhere between like a six and seven minute mile, which is pretty quick, uh, for anyone, but particularly for a skinny, um, Asian, young Asian girl who doesn't look like she's built like a runner. So it was just, it was just one of those things that's odd to see. She's also wearing like a rain jacket, um, and so I'm, I'm on the treadmill myself rehabbing this groin injury. Uh, and I'm just kind of side-eyeing her as this is unfolding. And it's like, okay, this is odd. But I'm just expecting her to, like, maybe walk or do a slight jog or something. I didn't expect her to turn the treadmill up this high. So then, she, okay, so she, her legs are still spread apart. She's not actually on this belt that's now moving very quickly. And she does this thing. Where she lifts herself up with her arms. So she presses down her hands on the, you know, the side bars, the side railings. So now she's, like, hovering over this very rapidly moving belt. Her feet, you know, she, so you lift your, your knees a little bit so your feet aren't on the belt. And then she would do this thing where she would, like, her. so she never took her arms off the sides. And... She would just like slowly lift herself down onto the belt, and again, it's going crazy fast. And she would just do like pitter patter with her feet for about three to four seconds at a time, like and then re re levitate herself and move her feet back onto the sides of the treadmill away from the the belt. Um, And she did that for about 10 minutes. She would uh do the the quick little for about three to four seconds at a time and in between each one of those times is probably about thirty seconds. Um so I don't I don't know. Um I've thought about this for about two days now or about a day and a half now. Uh I'm trying to understand the science behind it. We need one of those sports science shows to like break down what she was doing and what she wasn't doing uh but it made no sense um it it's it's one thing if you're going for like the 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 HIIT workout high intensity interval training uh and you're like actually sprinting but she was never sprinting she was just holding herself up with her arms and the belt was basically moving her feet for her um yeah it it it, it was strange so she leaves, and about five minutes later, this uh, middle-aged white lady comes in, perfectly fine, whatever hops on a treadmill that I hadn't seen anyone uh, be on before. The belt starts moving, and she's just doing like a warm-up walk, which transitioned eventually into a slow jog. The belt sounds like like Robert Plant. I'm thinking like Led Zeppelin 4 or something playing the harmonica. Um, I'm not even going to try to do like an impression because I, I don't really know how you do uh, a harmonica. And I can't do it the way I want. You got to think it's like a – it's not like, um, you know, Craig Ferguson playing a harmonica. We're talking like Southern Rock with the whatever effect it's called that you know Jimmy Page and Robert Plant would use on like When the Levee Breaks or something, that's what it sounds like. If you go listen to When the Levee Breaks, which is one of my favorite Led Zeppelin songs, a pretty underplayed Zeppelin song, uh, it's from Led Zeppelin 4, that's what the harmonica sounded like. It was so strange, and it, it was from the belt moving and someone being on it. Uh, and the, But it wasn't a consistent pitch. The pitch was changing. It was going up and down. So I was very perplexed by it because I was trying to figure out, okay, what is she doing with her feet or any other part of her body to adjust the pitch of this sound being emitted from the treadmill that if uh, I had smoked a bowl or two before I started my workout, I would have said, wow, Zeppelin's back together and uh, Robert Plant has never sounded better, but indeed it was just the treadmill. So I was only up at the gym for about 40 minutes, but I had some memorable experiences, and I'm glad I got to share them on this week's podcast. Um, Mentioned, came back this morning, flew into LaGuardia, but flew out of JFK. Uh, big Hasidic Jew population on the flight um, today, And no, I'm not about to say anything against Hasidic Jews or anything controversial, but they're so big families. Uh, You know, we're talking mom, dad, and I would say the average was three kids. I saw a couple with four, though. Um, But there, people were just like, the board, so the boarding process was happening, and there was just, it was mayhem. Families were not together. Some people were over in different parts of the terminal, getting water, going to the bathroom, or buying something. I don't know what. But what it meant was there would be like one family member from each family standing in line. And then these families would come running back from all different directions. Just no no need to be going that fast. It's not like you're flying standby or something, uh, and you're trying to be first in line. Everyone has a seat. Uh but they would you know, and there's a lot of like elbowing and just things were getting tense, which is just a lot to try to handle uh at j f k at you know seven a m in the morning when I'm just like half awake and trying to get to to Chicago get home um but yeah, there was just a lot of line cutting. Um, not a, I'm not a fan of line cutting and then it got worse because all these families had strollers I I swear I'm not making this up I've never been on a flight with so many strollers I swear half of the people who were on this flight were part of some big family um, there was a big Hasidic Jew population there was a big East Asian population and tons, tons of families so many strollers and I had never seen this before Amer- so I'm flying American and they were like hardcore with the bag um, like dimension restrictions which is not something I uh, had any issues with because I I fly pretty light but they had you know usually like at the start of the TSA line is where they have like the you know fit your suitcase into this if it fits it flies if not you got to check it whatever but they had one of those right where you would start to walk onto the jet bridge and they're making anybody who was anywhere close try it And I saw, you know, people squeezing them in and, you know, something that I've done before where you squeeze it and it's a little tough at first, but you get it in. But they were forcing those people to check their bags, which just seems silly because we had a lot of extra space in the overheads. Um, But they they just – the process took forever. And the the final, like, irony of this whole situation was they had four people working the – the gate which i don't think i've ever seen before it's you know two is your standard but it was such a shit show boy it was backed up quite a bit and the irony in the situation was i was in cleveland exactly 48 hours before uh flying out on friday morning to manhattan there was one lady who was like looked like she couldn't have been a day over 25 um handling all of it um, and we had the smoothest boarding process I've ever had uh, Friday in Cleveland. And today in JFK was just like, wow. Reminded me of that, that Taylor Swift song, You Need to Calm Down, because everyone was just going nuts at you know, 7, 7.30 a.m. on a Sunday. Um, yeah, it, it was just like, can can we all just collectively as a group decide to relax? And then the kids on the flight, fine for the first hour. But the second hour, second 90 minutes, boy, they got restless. And uh, it got a little noisy, and I will I will leave it at that. Uh, Quinn's looking forward to a, a nap later. Uh, I did my final point here, and then we're going to wrap it up because it is a long podcast, and I apologize for that. I watched El Camino on the flight. I'd been trying to watch it. Uh, it came out Thursday night slash Friday morning at midnight, um, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. So i had been trying to watch it. I was going to watch it on my flight from Cleveland. Got shammed with some extraneous download policy. Then I was going to watch it Friday night in my hotel room in New York. Too many people using the account at one time. Oh, damn. So I finally was able to download it onto my tablet. Watched it on the flight this morning. If anyone doesn't know, it's uh, El Camino is... A movie sort of continuation of Breaking Bad, which in turn currently has Better Call Saul as like the TV series prequel um, airing right now. It's still going. So this is uh, follows Jesse Pinkman after the events of Breaking Bad. What I didn't realize is this film. I'm trying to. Th- Again, I haven't written a review or anything and I'm trying not to spoil anything. But it does it happens right after Breaking Bad ends. Um and it, it doesn't, you know, take you very far in the future. It it happens in like a day, two days, and then it's that's that's the movie, which I wasn't really ready for. Um what it meant was it felt much less like a movie and much more just like a two part episode of Breaking Bad or something. Which is good. I appreciate that they, you know, sort of stayed true to that. Um, It was good. It's a thriller. Thoroughly enjoyable. Aaron Paul is excellent. It was strange, some of the actors they have in there. And I won't say who because it would, you know, it might, it doesn't spoil things really. But it's just, you know, I want you, if you're going to watch this, I want you to go in fresh. Some of the actors, you know, this is six years after Breaking Bad ended. Um, so, you know, 10 plus years after it actually began, uh, you know, people look different. Uh, they grow, they age, they get fatter, they get skinnier. Uh, and there was a lot of that going on, um, in this movie, even though it takes place, you know, hours after Breaking Bad, the show actually ends. So that was interesting to note. Um, I, I don't mind it. Um, I don't think it detracted from the film in any way, but it, it was curious, Overall, solid. If you like Breaking Bad, it's great. If you don't if you haven't seen Breaking Bad, I wouldn't recommend watching El Camino. It's still an enjoyable movie on its own. So I guess maybe I'm saying you're you're fine watching it, but it's just there's gonna be so much that you're just like, what? Like, who's that? That doesn't make any sense. Um, because there's a lot of flashbacks going on. Um, so the movie feels like a very cathartic experience, uh, and a great way to wrap things up for Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul fans. But if you don't have those pieces, it's just kind of a thriller, but it loses a lot of the emotional piece. And when you take that out, it's still a fine thriller, but it's not anything that's going to, you know win any awards or anything for any reason so solid film uh i liked it yeah it it wasn't anything that 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 blew my my socks off but it was enjoyable uh and you know fitting end to one of the great characters in tv show history so Watch El Camino. It's on Netflix Uh, when you get the chance. If you watch Breaking Bad, I'll say this. If you watched Breaking Bad and you enjoyed it, definitely watch El Camino because it just feels like another two episodes. Just imagine that the last season of Breaking Bad, season five, has another two episodes after the finale and those would be the episodes. And that's it, if you think of it that way. That's the best way I can really describe it. Um, But it, it pays a lot of homage to the original show, especially the finale. Um, There are a couple things that Jesse does that can exactly mirror what Walt did, Um, and it's excellent. So go check it out. That's El Camino. I enjoyed it. Uh, Okay, so that's what we wanted to talk about on today's podcast. Where are we at? 66 minutes. Route 66, that's a lot. Uh, A lot of minutes. But... Let's see. Yeah, I covered everything I want to cover except for our Great Lakes talk, which we will get into next week. There's just too much. Maybe it'll give us some time to bring on a guest as well. That could be fun. I know I would have fun with it. Uh, If you made it this far, thank you so much for your dedication. Really appreciate your support. Uh, That's what I had for you guys, so... I uh, hope everyone has a good weekend Halloween's coming up maybe we'll do something for the podcast I won't even be home for Halloween I'll be on the road working um, so no big party plans for me and I haven't gotten any you know, Facebook in, uh, invitations to anything so I don't think I'm really missing out Um, Or maybe I just don't get invited to places anymore. That's probably it. Okay, for all of us here at Beantown Podcast, meetownpodcast.com, remember you can get weekly episodes there every week. You can also listen to them wherever you find your podcast. places like uh, Stitcher, Player FM, uh, YouTube here and there, SoundCloud, uh player fm i think i already said not Castbox, uh spotify apple podcasts itunes google play wherever your podcast unless they uh are not where you're looking for them and then uh, in which case just look somewhere else and you'll get there eventually uh hey go listen to hold the line by toto and maybe see if you can find that sensual slideshow that i once sent the feelers oh about 10 15 years ago Heck of a song. You're going to love it. Okay, that's what we got for you. Have a good week, and I'll check in on you next week.